grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. lesson for this sixth Sunday of Easter is found recorded in the book of Acts, chapter 11, beginning at the 19th verse. Now those who have been scattered by the persecution that took place at the time of Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some men from Cyprus and Cyrene who came to Antioch and also began to speak to the Greeks preaching the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a large number of people believed and turned to the Lord. A report about this reached the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to go on to Antioch. When he arrived and saw God's grace, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with devoted hearts. He was a good man who was full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a large number of people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year they met with the church and taught a large number of people. It was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson is found recorded in 1 John chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit who confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit who does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is already in the world. You are from God, dear children, and you have overcome the false prophets, because the one in you is greater than the one in the world. They are from the world, that is, why they speak from a worldly perspective, and the world listens to them. We are from God. The one who knows God listens to us. And whoever is not from God does not listen to us. That is how we can distinguish between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Dear friends, let us love one another, because love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love has not known God, because God is love. This is how God's love for us was revealed. God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we may live through him. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved, loved us so much, we also ought, should love one another. This is the word of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded 
In the Gospel of John, chapter 15, beginning at the ninth birth, birth at the ninth, ninth verse, these are the words of Jesus to his disciples. As the Father has loved me, so also I have loved you. Remain in my love. If you hold on to my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have held on to my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy would continue to be in you and that your joy would be complete. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you continue to do the things I instruct you. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends because everything that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will endure so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. These things I am instructing you so that you love one another. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ and heirs of everlasting life. Today is Happy Mother's Day. And what would you say is probably the thing needed for a mother to be great? The first thing that would pop into my head is, well, she ought to be a loving mother. But many of mothers will claim to be loving, and yet... It is very clear from their actions, and especially in the way they have raised their children, that they are clearly horrible and terrible mothers. My point is simply this. Just because you say you're a loving mother doesn't automatically mean you are a loving mother. So what is love? Well, Jesus himself beautifully explains that to his disciples, and he does so at a very unique time. This is the evening before his suffering and death on the cross. Once again, Jesus is celebrating the, Lord, the Passover meal for the last time with his disciples, and he's eager to do this. He is instituting the Lord's Supper. They are conducting the Seder meal. There's a number of hymns. There's fellowship cups going around. And the evening, the highlight of it, was clearly Jesus' teaching to them, which ended with a prayer that will come shortly after these words, which we call Jesus' high priestly prayer. It was quite a long prayer. But here, Jesus is preparing his disciples not only for his pending death the next day, but he's also preparing them for his resurrection, which will take place three days later. But he doesn't stop there. He's also preparing them for his ascension back into heaven, which will take place 40 days after his resurrection. But meanwhile, at the heart of his entire message, he talks about love. In fact, he lets them know that he loves them. And he loves them with the kind of love, as it says here, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. He describes that love as a perfect love. Now, in the original Greek language of the Bible, 
there are three words for love. In the Greek classical language, there's actually four words. But the three that are used in the Bible, one is the Greek word eros, which simply means erotic love or sensual love. And then there was, of course, Phileas, which, like Philadelphia, brotherly love, friendship love. But of all the words of love, the one he uses here is actually the Greek word agape. And agape love is seen in the cross of Jesus Christ because agape love is the word found in John 3.16. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. But his son just didn't come to simply make a life here on earth. No, he came taking on the sins of the world and then suffering for those sins on the cross and, and blessing us in this great exchange with his righteousness, his holiness, which God demanded as the ticket to heaven. With his sacrifice on the cross, he defeated Satan. With his sacrifice on the cross, he paid for our sins in full, winning for us that forgiveness of sins, but also the hope of heaven itself. And the proof of it all is his resurrection. That is a love that is unending. That's a love that sees a problem and does something about it. That's a love that doesn't fail. That's a love that sets no conditions. It's a love that gives 100% and expects nothing in return. It is the same love that St. Paul used when husband and wives were to love each other. Now, remain in my love. Remain in this love. The word remain reminds us of the words that were just earlier in this chapter because the word remain was also used there when Jesus said, remain in me. And he described for them how he is the vine and we are the branches. To remain in Christ means to remain in him with a believing heart, believing in all that he has done for us. And even that faith is a gift of God as the Holy Spirit lives and, and, and testifies in our hearts concerning Jesus. So this remaining in my love is remaining with a believing heart in everything that Christ has done. And how does that remaining in, in his love show itself? It says here, Obeying my commands. Now his commands are not burdensome. His commands are not simply statements of you can take it or leave it. We don't play with God's commands any, meeny, miny, mo. His commands are actually his statements of perfect love. In fact, he even sums it up this way. Love one another as I have loved you. Even describing that greater love is this. That someone laid down his life for his friends. And keep in mind, Jesus did more than that. When Jesus died on the cross, he wasn't dying for friends. He was dying for sinners. Sinners who were by naturally, by natural. We're naturally blind. We're ignorant. We're just naturally enemies of God. 
And yet, in spite of all that, while we were still sinners, in his great mercy, Christ died for us. This is the love that motivates and empowers us to love. And Jesus says, remain in my love. Why? He says here, so that joy continue to be in you and that your joy would be complete. Now this isn't joy of simply being happy because everything's going well. This is joy that comes and flows that no matter what trials or tribulations or troubles you may face, there is joy because there is confidence, there is hope in the love of Christ that is guaranteed. You see, love isn't just simply saying, I have feelings for you. Love shows itself and it follows what Christ says. Love one another as Christ has loved you. And as you grow in Christ, yes, you will grow in love for each other. That's the heart of love. So now apply these words to Mother's Day. A great mother is a loving mother, but a loving mother is a mother who remains in Christ's love. She is one who knows the Lord Christ, who takes the heart his holy word, who above all gives thanks for the word. Yes, the word will cut us like the law. It shows us our sins. But the law, but the, but the word proclaims the gospel, the good news of Christ who paid for those sins in full. She holds this dear to her heart because it is dear to her heart. And in order to love her children, she first loves Christ. And out of love for Christ, she loves her children by obeying God's holy commands, living according to God's holy word even in the face of a world that rejects that word. And of course, obeying that word includes bringing up her children in the training and instruction of the Lord. She teaches them right from wrong, as God says in his word. She teaches them that good news of Savior, who is also their Savior as well. She does so with joy in her hearts, thanking God for the blessing of children and for blessing her with the little lambs that God entrusted under her care. She realizes that her children that are born aren't born innocent and good and, and everything is good to go. Her children have to be taught. They have to be raised. And above all, they need to know about their Savior Jesus. They will not find it on their own. What a great privilege and honor that God has given to mothers. And a great mother is a loving mother. And a loving mother remains in Christ's love. But that's not the only thing. She also knows her Savior's friendship. Jesus makes it clear to his disciples that he didn't call them servants or slaves. 
He didn't see them as servants and slaves. They certainly were serving the Lord. The Lord Jesus himself was their master. We use that word continually. The Bible does. Christ is always over us. We certainly bow before him. But Jesus takes it one step further. Before his pending death on the cross and his resurrection from death, he goes and tells them that you are my friends because the difference between friends and, and a slave is a slave doesn't know what his master is doing. He just does what he's told. But you are friends who does know because I have revealed it to you. And he has revealed it to us in his holy word. Our God gave us his word purely out of love, recognizing us as his friends. And so through faith in Jesus, your best friend is the Savior and God himself. And therefore your motivation in serving the Lord is not because I have to. That's a slave. But I want to. Because I belong to Christ. I'm his friend. And in friendship, it's usually both parties will acknowledge each other and choose each other. But in this case, Jesus sets the record straight. We didn't choose him. We couldn't. We were by nature sinful. But he chose us. Once again, in spite of those sins, he chose us purely out of his grace and mercy to be his own. And the result, Jesus says, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Being a friend of Christ means that we have the right to pray. We have the right to have that heart-to-heart -heart talk with God and to do so with believing hearts in all that he has done for us, knowing that he will hear and answer our prayers, not always the way we want. And that's why we pray, not my will, but your will be done, just as Jesus prayed at the Garden of Gethsemane, which will take place after these words. We pray knowing that God knows what is best for us and when it is best for us. So always pray with a believing heart. And dear mothers, you too are friends of Christ through faith in Jesus Christ. Dear mothers, you too have been called to pray. Pray for your family. Pray for the little ones. Pray for your husband. Above all, pray that they continue to grow in the knowledge of the truth because you pray that they will join you in heaven and all the believers in heaven when God takes us from this life to the glories of heaven forever. What makes a great mother? It is clearly a loving mother. And what makes a loving mother? One who remains in Christ's love and one who knows her Savior's friendship. Anything else is really not love. Amen.
peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev l-u-t-h-e-r-a-n dot o-r-g. May God bless you today and every day.